just around the concept of returning to our food systems, you know, upon reflection, it's like as human beings, there's very little that we need in order to be happy. Food, shelter, water, and some sort of social status or connection within our community. Yet it's like we are all working for this thing, this money to get these things that are provided in the natural world around us. And, you know, many indigenous cultures around the world, there's no such concept as work. You know, the idea of sitting at your desk for eight hours a day is um, nothing that ever happened. And when we look at modernity or the modern world and the global world, it is so responsible for our our ill health in many ways, because you can imagine that nature and the way that the world worked pre this big global system was that people were crafting every day you know they were fishing every day they were on the beach maybe every day now these are things that we get told we can only do now in holidays or as extracurricular activities this is the way that we live as human beings and how we deserve to live on this planet to um, ensure that the next generations can do that too yeah and I'm sure, Manish, you've also seen evidence of that, even in some of India today, that people are, actually have more time to dance, to sing, to enjoy, and that the majority are not yet wage slaves in the same way. Yes. Um, I totally agree with, with, with what you're saying. I wanted to just share a little bit of, you know, one of the um, very special um, festivals that we have in India and just reminded hearing Ella reminded me of that uh, it's called Raksha Bandhan or Raki and it's a it's the this it has been I would say um, when I grew up with it was it was a kind of um, festival between brothers and sisters and you could tie a Raki uh, a thread sacred thread every year on on your sister Sorry, our sister would tie it on our brother, and there was a kind of celebration of mutual care, respect. But when I came to my grandmother, and I started saying, uh, you know, we were tying it on my sister and I, uh, but I saw my grandmother going outside. She started tying this thread on a tree, on the trees outside, on the animals, and uh, on on the uh, even on the gate, or and I've seen people even tying it on their motorcycles or. Um, so it's a very sense of sacred respect for all of the, the, the beings, the objects around us and how they, uh, we, they take care of us and we take care of them together in a kind of very sacred relationship. And I think that these kinds of, you know, um, small reminders and, you know, in India, there's also this saying, Vasudev Kutumbukam, the entire world is our family. And with the Rocky thread, you can actually tie a thread on any being and declare them, uh, mutually declare them as your brother or your sister. So as a human being or, or more than human being. And I think this is, these kinds of things are very powerful reminders that uh, we, we are still connected and uh, there is a larger um, expansive sense of self that we, can, that we can just easily access again if we if we want to, and uh, we haven't lost ourselves so badly that we cannot access that. So just wanted to share that. Can I say something? Yes, please. I, yeah, I think what I've learned, I mean, thank you very much for this conversation. I have to say, first of all, I've been learning an 
a great deal. What, what I've learned and I, uh, is that the importance for us Westerners um, to learn from indigenous cultures, because what both of you have just said is tremendous wisdom from indigenous cultures. If I hadn't heard what you've told me, I couldn't have, it would have been very hard for me to access that sensitivity we're talking about. It's very hard to find it within Western culture. I mean, I don't want to be down on Western culture. It's there, you know, Wordsworth and the alchemists had it, of course. But um, when you talk about those things from Australia, from India, it, in me, it awakens this wonderful aboriginality, which is an immediate sense of understanding and connecting with what you mean. So I, I realized that part of the unlearning, Manish, I would say, is to learn the immense value of those practices. For example, the Rocky Thread practice that you've just mentioned, what that does to you psychologically to learn that, or what it means, Ella, you know, to really be a skilled fisher person out on the beach, you know, looking, really looking after your nets, listening to the ocean. Um, that's a sort of unlearning. In other words, we need to learn more respect for indigenous cultures. That's a, that's a rather crude way of putting it. We have to learn, unlearn our culture to some extent and learn indigenous cultures. So we become indigenous. And then, of course, opens up a big question, which we haven't, probably haven't got time to go into, uh, which is what's the role of the Western? What's, our West, what's the West's con contribution to this? I mean, it can't have been a total waste of time, you know, this whole business that we discovered science and all of that. That, I, I don't believe that, you see. I think that's part of the picture. Science is part of the, I'm a scientist, you know. Science, what we call science is part of the picture. So we have to be careful not to throw out everything from the West. What is it from the West that's equivalent to the Rocky thread and the crafting, you know, of Aboriginal people doing we're doing what's what's what do we have to what we have something to offer here uh, I, I would argue Stefan yeah. I think I think we should be aware as with everything that things are changing constantly so one of our problems is that you know in order to understand things we try to hold them static so when we uh -huh. talk about the west uh -huh. I see it in the west we see these two forks in the road or what is it a fork in the road after COVID and some from within the West, there is an increasing, a rapidly increasing thirst, hunger for mm -hmm. coming back home to nature. And we can mm -hmm. see this yeah. through the growing respect for indigenous culture, which is yeah. very clear and, and global yeah. within the industrialized world. Mm -hmm. So I would argue that if science had something to offer, if the basic principle of testing our hypothesis makes sense, this is something that is, doesn't have to be a contradiction, but we have to be very careful that we don't go along with the fork and the other fork right now, which is being pulled. We're all being pulled in the direction of ever more energy consumption for ever larger mega technological structures mass urbanization, which is a mass step towards taking us further away from nature. And with every step increasing per capita consumption on a crowded planet. And this factory education Manish is talking about yeah. was the yeah. training for urban living. So yeah, yeah. we need to be looking 
at the fork in the road and we need to be looking at the science which is yeah. beginning to prove that we need to go home the yeah. science that shows that our nervous systems needed um i had a lovely conversation with gabo mate who is so clear about the fact that when we left our home a more localized embedded localized is more indigenous way of living we started losing our our health both physical and mental he's very very clear we've evolved for that way of life that we're talking about so we're now seeing a science that is also proving that yeah yes. if i just if i might just say the science i just realized as you were speaking helena the science that we need is ecology yeah that's the that's the bit of the scientific offering that is the is this what we can offer from science is ecology and it's so profound the level of interconnectedness you know of, even from a mathematical point of view it brings you into this this sense of the but sacred I, I, I would say that that indigenous cultures around the world had ecology and an understanding yeah. of it that was embodied, exactly. which I think is the difference. I think when we're looking uh -huh. at the Western world and the, say, uh -huh. indigenous world, you think of it like the left brain and the right brain, right? And imagine that the Western brain is the ADHD brain that can't stop thinking and trying to create solutions constantly or is constantly distracted. And then you think of the indigenous brain as one that is stiller, that is able to sit and be patient and, you know, is also very feminine if you think about it. But both worlds and both brains need to exist at the same time. It's not about... Yeah dissolving exactly. one but exactly. what it is actually when we're talking about indigeneity when we're talking about bringing something that the west is is not got it is that femininity it mm -hmm. is the slower paced it's actually getting out of our minds and stop trying to think we have the answers and we can solve them and actually just get into our bodies and start feeling more well but wait ella one thing i think you're right but Imagine we're a group of women, you know, I mean, I'm a man, but imagine we're sitting in the group of women, you're sitting with your group, and you hear this concept Gaia, you know, come, which come from science. You're chewing it over really slow. You know, this concept from science, Gaia, and you hear, hey, it's about the relationships between all the living organisms and the rocks and the atmosphere and the water and how the whole planet is one gigantic organism, one great living being. This has come from our science. There's nothing. Yeah, I'd also argue it's come from psychedelics. I would well, also yeah. say the embodied form of what you're talking about is also deep ceremony, trance-like state, psychedelic, astral, um, astral plane projecting. I think there are different ways. I think I agree with what you're saying, but again, it's it's looking at it in a um, it it's a way that we can comprehend it by the mind. But yeah, the, the, mind, the indigenous the way of doing that is actually to take yeah, something yeah. like a psychedelic plant, for example, right, which right, right. will give you the embodiment of yes. actually realizing that right. you are part of the mycelium as the mycelium is part of you. And then but the wait, whole world. We, yeah. But Ella, we wouldn't know there was a mycelium if it hadn't been for the science. We well, would never I'm have sure the word. That, we'd yes. never know. We'd never know about it. We, we never wouldn't know, know what the word is, without, but, yeah. but I disagree because I think that 
when you're connected, you're actually able to to commune with the natural world. And it's in a way that yeah. maybe not yeah. language can even, the English language most certainly cannot even but understand. Wait, 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 it. wait. You see, I really have to defend the science. I really, because you wouldn't know there was a fungal, you wouldn't know what a fungal tube was. You would have no idea unless your intuition was so profound. You, in a, in a hallucinogenic journey, you could see the tubes of some sort. But you would never know yeah. that what they were, where they came from, how they evolved. All of that's from the science. And I have to defend that. That has to be aboriginalized. That's it. That has to be well, made aboriginal but, knowledge. That knowledge. Stefan, see? I yeah. actually think if we examine indigenous worldviews, we will uh -huh. find the equivalent of Gaia. In other words, we'll find mm -hmm. that most of them understood the inextricable oneness of life. And certainly, yeah. you know, if you go back to Taoism, and if you look at Buddhism, there, there are different words, there's a, but essentially life is one, all of life is one, was a, a teaching of most of those cultures. And they, I guess what you're talking about is the belief that the language, you know, now we're speaking in English or Latin science, that that's the only way to describe it and i think it, this is a very interesting discussion because it wait, wait. could be yeah i'm not saying it's the only way to <laughs> describe it and i'm not sure if that's what you're saying i'm saying and i'm not saying that i'm yeah. saying that if if we dis disregard that aspect of ourselves which we've cultivated so much in the west which we call science and not the way we do science now we are going to we won't be whole We've got to, it's, it's got to be part of it. And there's nothing, you see, it just makes your, your, um, your experience even deeper. Well, I'd like to hear what Manish, Manish, what yeah. you have to I would, say about I would that. I'd like to say a couple of things that uh, I'd offer this. Um, so what concerns me is not science, but the dogma of science, the global dogma of science. Of course, where, of course, yeah. Of and course. I think that, you know, I would, you know, one thing I, sh you know, and, try to share with different learners in our ecosystems is, you know, uh, a deep humility that needs to be there. And one of the ways is that is, you know, I, I try to share some of the greatest blunders of science, you know, like, and, and really saying that science can like the, like the nuclear bomb, for example, and, uh, and, and Einstein being the only, you know, one of the only scientists to apologize that we made a great blunder here with that and that you know these kinds of things or you know the whole you know or you know concentration camps and the you know the gas chambers another great blunder of science you know so i think that you know these these kinds of things need to be much openly more openly discussed and also how science has become very fragmented and people get hyper specialized in their mode without when lose the big picture they wouldn't, very few scientists would be joining a conversation on big picture activism, for right, example. Right. But that's not um, science. I mean, sci yeah, I understand. I'm with you, man. Well, that's, that's the thing. But what science... I'm saying is that that needs to be cleaned up because that's all masking itself as part of the scientific dogma. Okay. And the third thing I just want to say, the link of science to global capitalism now, really, it has become a vehicle of global capitalism. And we need to, again, if you want to keep promoting science and defend it, Stefan, what I would say that we need to clean up these things. Because wait, if of you course keep we do. Wait, 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 wait. 
Wait, Very few I, have to, I, have to, I have to respond to that. Yeah. Okay, but one, one second. Manish, yeah. Manish, did you finish? We should just let Manish finish because Stefan, we you had a long on. time before. No, I'm good. I, did, I like to you... see Stefan is, getting, is ready to jump out of his chair. So I'm, <laughs> but, uh, oh, no, I'm with you. Well, let me just let me respond briefly. Yeah, I'm with you, yeah. Manish, of course. Yeah. I'm talking, but what is science? Science is sitting with a leaf and wondering, where did you come from? What made you? Where are you from? It's asking those very deep questions of a leaf. And when you do that with the deepest sincerity, out, you know, not, of course, we know the economy is involved, but with the deep, what do you find? There are chloroplasts, there are cells, there are cells. Inside these cells of the plant, there are chloroplasts. Those chloroplasts were once free living bacteria. 3,500 million years, wait a minute. I'm discovering deep time here. Just by sitting with a leaf, I'm discovering deep time. And you can feel the level of connection that's, that's, that's possible with this. And I think I we think, need to use yeah. science, and that's science. That, yeah. that for me is science. But I also okay. would argue that perhaps science is a little bit behind the times and that actually most scientific knowledge that is coming out, Indigenous people have known just through basically living. You know, it's different to look at a cell and intervene it with medical um, intervention than to see that leaf dancing on the tree and know it is alive because you are seeing and witnessing it through oneness which is something that we're also limited to you know if you know and about neural pathways and the concept of what we're using our brains for in this mod modern world we we, we don't even comprehend a fraction of the way that we used to think as human beings because part of our our lights are turned off in our brain and that part is the part that connects us so deeply to the natural world and the one that makes us want to observe it and find the answers to it and not just be in it and accept it. No, I, I think also, I, I think just one thing, I think we also have to, Stefan, look at when Monsanto invests billions to create mm. genetic engineering, this is not a nice little man sitting contemplating a leaf and getting close to it. It's it's the See, what, what you're pointing to. You're yeah. all pointing to the shadow. You're pointing to the shadow of science. You're right. Science has a big shadow. I'm sure localization could have a big shadow too, if you're not careful. <laughs> you know, we could start killing other communities Stephen, over there. We really, Henry, I don't see many. You know, there's a shadow in everything, and I think you're pointing to the shadow of science quite rightly but you're missing what it has to contribute. It's very interesting. You know, I'm a localizer like you, but I do feel a strong anti-science, which is understandable, but I, somehow I'm I must defend science in, in what it can really <laughs> offer us. You know, yeah. otherwise- I No, don't I'm, think not, I'm, I'm not anti-science. I just think it's time for science to sit down and be quiet for a little while, you know, like that science has spoken a little bit too much and now it's time for perhaps not science to talk and for something else to lead our culture. Yeah, no, I agree. But science, you see, that's like excluding a child from, from the conversation if you exclude science. Science as a child needs to be there. You, I don't think we're, I don't think that's what we're saying, Stefan. I think uh, no. it's going oh, a good. bit extreme. Yeah. But uh, I think the point is that this, this um, you know, what you were referring to earlier, I would just refer to that, that, you know, there's a whole philosophical tradition 
the best of the tradition around science. And I think that has that needs to be reclaimed and what you're thank doing. You, and uh, thank you, Manish. Thank you, thank you. That's what I'm saying. Thank you very much. I'm and the way to reclaim it might be and to be more conversations like this with people. Uh, that's exactly. that's what I would invite. Exactly, Manish. That's it. Bravo. Well done. Now we tied the th the the, the racky thread. <laughs> Can you summarize that, that, that again? Done. Can you, well can you that summarize great. that again, Manish, how you tied it together? <laughs> no, no, I'm saying that 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 Stefan was basically talking about wisdom and philosophy. And I think the idea, the need is now to reclaim that within those traditions within science and re-highlight those. And that these kinds of conversations might be very integral to that that kind of right. process and yeah. not throwing yeah. out. Manish, that's brilliant. You've, we've just demonstrated what we're talking about, you see. That's really, <laughs> well done. Really yes. beautiful. I get to tie a rocky on you, Stefan, now. Now we're brothers. Well, okay, <laughs> you and I are tied by a rocky thread. What an honor yeah. for me. Thank you, Manish. <laughs>